Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and this is a special episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show without me, because I was in the hospital with my wife, who is giving birth to our son. Uh, very excited, everybody's doing great, my wife is recovering nicely, the baby is adorable and healthy, so all things are wonderful there. And I want to have a special thank you to our good friend, LB Hackamup, who stepped in um, kind of last minute to uh, be a part of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Felix is crying, sorry about that. Uh, thank you guys so much again, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we are live. Welcome, everybody, to a wonderful Saturday morning D&D show. And as you can see, we have a special guest. And many of you have heard a lot of the news that Mr. Jordan's family has expanded. So congratulations to Shannon and Jordan. Yay! And when he's back on the show, he will tell us all about his new little D&D &D player that he's added to his D&D <laughs> party, which would be great. But we're super excited because we have LB Hackem up here, Hi. who's a great friend of the show, friend of ours. And mm. we decided to invite her on to give us all of her player and dm experience because she's in way more games than probably me and jordan put together at this point so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but just like this is the saturday morning D, D show i love to see all those viewers in there we're sorry if you had to come over from youtube jordan usually does the streaming on the youtube uh it will be posted up either later like on sunday or monday so i'll send the file over to jordan and he'll definitely get it up so it will be up on the youtube channel for comments and such but thanks for coming over to the twitch channel it's great so let's dive right in this is our show we're going to talk about news today so we just talked about jordan a little bit and that's awesome but we also have a bunch of stuff to talk about with dnd so just to kind of um lay out what the release dates are for this week uh next week we're getting eberron rising from the last war november 19th the big thing and we're also getting dungeons and dragons versus rick and morty box set also on the 19th, and I saw a little funny thing in the video where Kate Welch was talking to Nathan Stewart about they're releasing it on the same day, and there's a little competition about which one's <laughs> going to sell, and they kind of <laughs> joked about that. So tell me, LB, what do you think about this Eberron release? Is this a release that you're into, or what do you think about it? I'm excited because my friends are excited about okay. it. Like I'm not, I don't get hugely like deeply into a lot of things, but I do. I'm really excited about the new races and sub races and just being able to explore that aspect of things. And mm -hmm. I, the new, I mean, this, this, uh, world isn't new. This just this system. Right. right. So uh, I think it's a, a really exciting sort of world that you get. It's very different from like, they run and, and that sort of thing. You mm -hmm. have all of the different uh, airships and, and magic usage. And it's, I'm excited to see what it looks like and what mm -hmm. people feel about it and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm, I might not pick it up just because I have a lot of books already, <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely, I'm definitely hyped to see all the new races and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm Jordan is the huge Eberron fan of the show. And um, I think I would like to play in it, but it's not a book I was thinking about. I would probably run as a dungeon master. Mm -hmm. I think I would enjoy it as a player. I think I could get into it with a good group and it would be great, but it wasn't one that I was thinking about running myself. I know um, 
the the way I know LB is that we we have been able to play some games together, not only sitting around a table, which is super cool, but we played a bunch of online games together. And she's currently my DM on a kind of a once a month game that we're playing with a bunch of people, which is super cool. And I'm sure she'll talk about that coming up. But when you're looking at a, a Wizards of the Coast book that you're thinking, hey, I want to run this, what's the things that jump out to you? What is the thing that's going to grab you and say, yep, this is the one I want to run? Definitely the setting. Like, yeah. do I feel like I want to get immersed in this? Like uh, Descent to Avernus and uh, Curse of Strahd, those are very like dark and, and dangerous situations. I, I like the idea of uh, going to this different world, but I also like the idea of staying somewhere that I know. Mm -hmm. So it instead of learning a whole new world, <laughs> that's a <laughs> lot of work. And as yeah. I'm, I don't run, usually I don't run uh, modules. So uh, running uh, Descent to Avernus has really showed me that it, you really got to be on your game and got to remember a lot of stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, that's a huge factor for me. <laughs> How much do I have to learn as opposed to I can just kind of make it up because I know enough? Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely the two books that are about to be out. The big ramp up for Wizards of the Coast this week has been kind of supporting the Eberron release, which is really mm -hmm. cool. There's been a lot of streams that have been starting up. People have been running one and three shots um, yeah. on the Roll20 Presents and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they're just kind of getting ready for that. And But that kind of ends this year, and we're starting to see just a few little hints here and mm -hmm. there about what we're going to get in 2020, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. So... Other than that, we uh, on spoilers and swag, they didn't give us any big spoiler, though they teased one. Um, I was thinking it would be about one of the books and coming up in 2020, but what mm. they did tease was the new D&D &D Sapphire Anniversary Dice Set by Level Up Dice. Uh -huh. um, and it's a nice-looking bluish with a sapphire inset um, dice set, uh -huh. which I think, if I saw was correct... $300 or something yep. in that range. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know you like your dice. I've seen your big dice pile before. I know when you went to Gen Con, you bought dice. Um, <laughs> as the dice aficionado of the show for, because normally Jordan's our dice aficionado. Yeah. So for this morning's dice aficionado, what do you think of the Sapphire Anniversary dice? I think they're fine. Um, <laughs> I, so I love Love Lope Dice. I love the new sets they've just been putting out. The Obsidian stuff looks super cool. Um, these are uh, aluminum and they're, they have a, a sapphire laid into it. Um, they're fine. Like they just don't, I think, I know they can do better. And I don't know if it was like a Wizards of the Coast. This is what I'm sure that what is what it was. But I, I kind of just looked at them and I was like, well, before I learned how, that it was a real sapphire and that there were $300, I was like, oh, someone just stuck a gem on there. Like, it, it's not like, if it was for me, if I was going to buy this set of dice, I would have liked it to be, I know weighting's an issue, but like inset, there's some sort of something holding it. It looks like a very simple text and mm -hmm. I, yeah. So <laughs> I do have a lot of feelings on it. I wish it was more like, even if it was like, oh, this is a commemorative dice set and, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, you're, you're not really supposed to use it, but there are so many, especially even level up dice, but like there are so many jewel dice out there. Like you can get amethyst and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. They're for like 80 bucks and they look way better. <laughs> Yeah. So that's my opinion. <laughs> and dice are a big thing right now too, because yes. I just watched a Kickstarter that went up over a million and two for a Kickstarter to get mm -hmm. a certain set of dice or certain types of dice. Yeah. And these people really turned into 
boutique dice makers out there. I mean, everybody's on yeah. Instagram posting how they're making their own dice and how they're doing yeah. it. And it's really become a really cool thing. And I, I think really nice looking dice is fun. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody loves the, the, the feel of the roll, yeah. you know, and, and I like it, um, but man, some of them are starting to get expensive and some of them are yeah. definitely getting up there. <laughs> I know that um, spirit of the dice is ones that I really like. They have like animals on them. They're all swirly. They look mm-hmm. really cool. And they roll really well for me and I'm super like suspicious and superstitious about dice, but, (laughs) but yeah, I, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I wanted to see more from it personally. Yeah. I think for a $300 price tag, I, I mean, I like the blue. It's a color that I would typically choose a blue Mm -hmm. and a silver, which is right up my alley. As far as colors, I would choose the type of materials. Um, but you know, if it's a if it was a dice set that's sitting somewhere at you know sixty dollars, seventy dollars, yeah. I think it's more palatable. Yeah. Three hundred, you're really looking for something to stand out from all the stuff that's out there because there's so much good stuff out there yeah. that you can buy. You can buy bone carved dice. You can buy yeah. wood dice. You can buy yeah. stone, metal, mm-hmm. whatever type dice. And yeah. There's just so many cool things out there. So. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, we did get to see that. So you can check that out on the spoilers and swag um, mm-hmm. video if you missed that. And you can see, I think you can order it now on Amazon if you wish. Um, those are out. The only other thing I saw that I noticed uh, news-wise, the Dragon Plus issue number 28. It actually was out a week ago. We probably should have talked about it on our last uh show but we didn't mm-hmm. we missed we skipped over it some of the things i saw in there you can just go to dragon plus in your google search and it'll bring it up it actually plays better on your mobile devices the way they formatted it you can mm-hmm. you know swipe to to get to the different pages and you can scroll around and zoom in and you can do a lot of cool things when you're looking at that it's kind of taken over the old dragon i have it sitting here like the old idea of the dragon magazine Yay. back in the day um they've kind of all gone digital at this point so there's some really good articles in there if you're running a uh, descent into avernus campaign check out this issue because there's a lot of cool monster stuff they did in there there's a lot Mm -hmm. of cool maps and there's a lot of cool articles about that whole adventure um and they've kind of still been in that mode i i imagine the next few issues will probably be on eberron as they're usually they lag behind by about a month or so on what's currently out so yeah um so that's pretty good definitely check that out uh one last thing that i saw that i thought i would bring up for the the news section as we kind of quickly go through this is i saw a tweet from chris perkins who said if you like curse of strahd i think you're going to love the thing i'm currently working on in 2020 Mm -hmm. so let's start off with this lb are you a curse of strahd fan have you gotten to play in that campaign i think you have yes i am actually currently (laughs) playing in a curse of strahd campaign on tuesday nights um and I am super excited for this. I've wanted to run it um, for a long time, but uh, I haven't had a home group that is committed so <laughs> soon. Um, and once I'm done with uh, it on the other channel, then I will, yeah, really want to get into it. I, did you see the tweet that was after that? No, what was after it? <laughs> somebody said, somebody tweeted at him and then he said, uh, it was it, like, he was like, I'm going to just throw it out. And then he said, it was the best of Strahd. It was the worst of Strahd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's definitely Chris for sure. <laughs> I am I am interested to know what's going to happen though, because mm-hmm. I've, I haven't finished it, but mm-hmm. I've heard that a lot of people really didn't like the ending because mm. it's kind of a, I mean, without spoilers, people didn't like it. Right. Um, but 
if it's a continuation, then maybe people will get that ending that they really wanted, they really mm -hmm. hoped for. So I hope it's something like that where, yes, people can finally go and finish and be uh, appeased by it. Yeah, what I'm curious about is they're working on something that's like Curse of Strahd. And when you think of Curse of Strahd, it kind of sits separate, or mm -hmm. not not separate, but a, a little bit different than, say, some of the other releases. It's not like a Storm King's Thunder. It's not like mm -hmm. a Tomb of Annihilation. It's not like a Descent into Avernus. It mm -hmm. definitely sits aside a little bit. So I wonder if that's what it means, or are we going back to the world of Strahd in some way? Um, are we bringing... Is it a, a continuation of that adventure? Is it like... It, but now we're going to do a different character of that. Is it going right. to be like the, you know, the the Raven Queen or something? So it has similar feels, but it's totally different. Or is it tied yeah. in some way? So it's definitely a nice tidbit to throw out mm -hmm. at the end of the year to say, oh, what are they working for in I 2020? Mean, it, it could be a prequel too. Yeah. They have all the lore of, you know, what happened to. Well, in our in our game, Strahd is a female, so I was going to say her. Yeah. What happened to him beforehand yeah. and all that? So that would be interesting. Going into the war and mm -hmm. being part of those lands, maybe. Or more Ravenloft, because that was a big setting that we had yeah. back in yeah. you know third edition. I don't know how much they did in fourth edition about mm -hmm. it. Chad, I'm sure will tell us. But yeah, could we be going back to that world or that plane yeah. of existence, or how does that pocket of exist you know reality fit yeah. within yeah. the main Faerun stuff? So it would definitely be interesting i thought it was a cool little tweet to get thrown out there mm -hmm. and uh because i'm ready for those tidbits of i mean i love everything that got released this year has been mm -hmm. great i can't wait to see what 2020 is going to bring us so that's going to be really good all the games yeah so it typically at this point of the show we jump into what we've sort of been dubbing bardic inspiration this is our if we went throughout the whole week and we had some little campaign idea or something mm -hmm. we saw or we read or we interacted with gave us this idea to maybe, oh, I could run a campaign that would do this and really gets those creative juices flowing. So we had a couple of them. So I'll let you go with yours because um, I really liked what you wrote down. So <laughs> over this, this past week, mm -hmm. what was the one thing that you stopped and said, oh, I could run a cool yeah. campaign or adventure on this? Yeah, I, I, so many times a week, I'm like, oh, what can I do? This character would be interesting or whatever. Uh, even today, I had an alternate universe conversation with my friend about, you know, our characters. Well, what if they're, you know, what if, what if it, what if the character switched and, and she was the badass and he was the, the nerdy science dude. So, uh, it happens to me a lot. So mm -hmm. I love this section, but, uh, I did watch Jordan's video this week about, angels mm -hmm. or last week about angels mm -hmm. and i had a very interesting character idea about playing like a fallen angel an angel that was kicked out by the tribunal mm -hmm. and has to hide that they have this they don't necessarily have uh, it would be interesting to figure out the mechanics of it but i just really wanted them to be like sassy about like anytime a god thing comes up and they're like yeah they're fine like or like oh yeah the, the tribunal they're they're assholes yeah, I mean, yeah. they seem like assholes <laughs> it's fine <laughs> like, yeah. so getting that like i love secrets in campaigns so things mm -hmm. can come out and that and that would be a great like oh yeah at the end of the campaign yeah i was i you know used to live there <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> so we we did that in our um in our tomb of annihilation campaign i created a fallen asmr mm -hmm. but 
I told everybody in the campaign that he was human mm -hmm. and I had the DM had them all do uh, perception checks to see if they could figure out that he wasn't and none of them had made it night. <laughs> so everybody thought I was a human and I waited and I waited and I waited because there was that one moment when I wanted the wings to come out and I wanted the yeah. big celestial you know, opening of it. Mm -hmm. And it finally happened. There was a dire fight. We were, it was looking bad. And I, and I unleashed the fear and the, the mm -hmm. all the things. And it was such a great moment in the campaign. And, I, and there was also another ASMR in the party that didn't know I was an <laughs> ASMR. So it was just so good. Oh, um, God, it was a really that. fun. So I like that idea, like you're mm -hmm. saying, where the character has something hidden. Um, and in the campaign we played, when we originally played, I was trying to play a gnome who always gotten mistaken for a boy gnome only because the rough life that they lived in, they oh. had to pretend to be the boy so that nobody yeah. knew that mm -hmm. she was an orphaned girl and would yeah. get picked on more or get targeted more or oh. whatever. So in my mindset, just the backstory of that was, what is that like a little bit? And I just thought it was a really cool idea. So I like that idea of having that little mm -hmm. secret you yeah. know, that you play, whether it comes out or not, or, you know, in yeah. the campaign, but just, just a Some, fun little idea. Something for you to keep. Yeah. So an angel then, campaign would be great. So I could oh see a gosh. lot of things you could do with that. So. Yeah. That's oh, pretty yeah. cool. So yeah, <laughs> all of you that are out there thinking about your campaign ideas, definitely let us know in the comments, like some of the things mm -hmm. that inspired you. Mine was, well, I happen to like, I don't know how many other millions of people decided to get Disney Plus because, you know, why Why not? They get all my money anyways when I it's watch their movies. seven bucks a month. Come on. Yeah. $70 right. a yeah. year. It's, yeah. Just, you know, you know my fifth streaming service that I that I have at the moment or something <laughs> oh, but getting fine. past that right is is uh so I watched Mandalorian the new show that's on there and no spoilers about the show but I did like it I did like mm -hmm. the whole idea of it I can't wait to see episode two which I think is out now <clears throat> but it definitely inspired me to sit back and go I wonder what a campaign would be like if you only ran it as bounty hunters and the one thing I liked about this just as a a broad idea was that the idea that you're running a campaign that is basically a bunch of loosely fitting one shots mm -hmm. with plenty of time in between for the characters just to make up whatever they were doing in between as just story narrative stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then they, we, we would come together in a session and say, okay, we've got a bounty. Let's play this session out and go after this bounty. And the second yeah. thing I liked about the idea is that you could do, you could play off of, you can bring them in dead or alive but some bounties, you have to bring them in alive. So you can yeah. really make sure to challenge those parties and mm -hmm. say, here, here's the restrictions for this one. Go figure out if you can do it. So yeah, I really like awesome. that idea of, <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about it all week. And I was like, I really want to run it. Uh, and every week I have this new idea yeah, of a yeah. campaign I want to run. <laughs> Just yeah. never have the time. So, so uh, that was my so cool days. idea. That's awesome. Yeah, no. Uh -huh. I think it's, it reminded me of Firefly a little bit. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. that could easily be a Firefly yeah. type campaign where you just get a job to do something and something happens, shenanigans yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah, But it's like one inclusive thing. It doesn't have to be we right. end and we pick right up right there again. You know, yeah. like we do in yeah. a lot of our campaigns. So. Yeah. No, I like that. It's very like Monster of the Week is that way a lot. Mm -hmm. If you if your DM can like actually contain everything into you know one monster one week, but yeah, no, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> and then, like, characters can have fights in between and their whole dynamic changes from week to week or, like, something awkward happened and they just don't want to look at each other. Like, I'm here for it. I Definitely. like it. <laughs>
So since we have, that's our Bardic Inspiration. So all of you that have some ideas or you had your own Bardic Inspiration, you want to share it with the community, go ahead and put it in whatever cool idea you thought you had for a, a one shot or a campaign mm-hmm. idea. You know, just one little single thread that somebody can take and just run with it and do all kinds of cool stuff. Definitely let us know in the comments or in chat too. I'm seeing a lot of people in typing in chat and a lot of cool all of our, our fans out there putting some good, cool stuff in, so that's that's good. So I think maybe we should get to know our our guest a little bit better here. LB, how about what do you what do you want to what kind of story do you want to tell? Do you want to tell the story of how we met and started playing games? Do you mm-hmm. want to talk about maybe the first game you ever played or the first time you DM'd? Oh what do you gosh. think is interesting? <laughs> what kind of which one do you want to tell? Well, I think we should tell how we first met because sure. that is that is a woven <laughs> and interesting and very like odd story. So yeah. I work in an office building and my as my day job, and <laughs> I uh, we used to have an office dog named Zoe and. Um, uh, Lucian's wife worked in the building below us mm-hmm. and uh, they brought their dog Watson in all mm-hmm. the time and he would come up and play with Zoe every once in a while and I just mentioned one time that I was a groomer a dog groomer for 10 years and uh, she said well I mean would you mind and I'm like no absolutely <laughs> not so I actually went over to Lucian's house and gave uh, him a haircut and not Lucian something. a haircut Watson no, haircut. no, no, you don't want me to give you a haircut. <laughs> I'm not good with people, good with dogs, not with people. Um, so I gave Watson a haircut and I mentioned something about D&D and she's like, oh, my, my husband would just love that. He loves to play D&D. So she called him up and we were chatting and I mentioned if he ever needed me for a one shot or something and I was like, all right, cool. And then like two weeks later, you called me up for, what was that? What game was that? The very first one was probably Crypts of Kelimvor was yes. probably the very first yes. one. Yeah, there was a, in fact, as a good tie-in, it was in mm-hmm. a, it was an adventure in the Dragon Magazine. I saw it listed there and I thought, oh, I would, I would really like to play this adventure and see how it, they got a cool map. They got a mm-hmm. little cool concept. Let's see how it would play out. Yeah. And I called up and I thought, yeah, LB would be cool. Cause she talked about, she'd like to be in a game. And mm-hmm. we had, um, we had a fan of the show at the time who'd been showing up quite a bit, you know, just, you know, that, that guy that kind of does his thing now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> indoor adventurer and we had graybeard on there and graybeard's been a long member of all the shows and all the games i was running and we Mm -hmm. we got them together and it was funny because the chemistry between you three was like knocked it out of the park even before we started like you guys were doing character creation i realized oh there's something special going on here with these (laughs) this little crew that they're creating and from there yeah yeah yeah. so go ahead you can keep going from there so yeah you got to play in the show and yeah that was a lot of fun we i got to play a unity which i at the time and still i'm very much like oh a new race i want to play that that sounds like fun Mm -hmm. um but yeah we had a unity a uh dragonborn and gb was uh kobold i think he was a kobold like a short little yeah yeah yeah. i I was pretty sure like (laughs) a alchemist or something i forget he's in chat he'll tell us (laughs) so uh that was a lot of fun and then i i happened to message because indoor and i were working on our character backstory a lot for this one shot, which became like a three shot because that's how it works. <laughs> because Lucian um, can't do a one shot. He never can get it all in one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to Indoor. I was like, you know, I'd love to, you know, if you ever decide to run something, let me know. And it's like, well, I've been thinking about, you know, I do this thing on YouTube, but I was thinking about running a game and I was like, yeah, just, you know, hook me up. Let me know. And I joined that crew and it's that everyone else there is 
so it's so like we woven how everyone met because cyber is a fan of this show as well mm -hmm. he's on our monday night show and he's on thursday night there uh wings and rj they I, rj met him through a voice actors facebook group i think and then wings was part of an art community and and then we're all just so scattered across the world or off mm -hmm. the united states so it's we're, when we got to see each other at Gen Con for the first time, and then later the year we went to Wing's wedding with mm -hmm. uh, her now husband Tyler, and that was—it's so weird how that happens. On the you know the internet brings us all closer together. Yeah, so. yeah, and that and just this idea that there was a bunch of uh, of a separate people who said we like to role play or we like to play Dungeons mm -hmm. and Dragons or we like to play these other role playing games. Yeah. Hey, you guys want to play together? And you just start meeting these other people because once mm -hmm. you mention it, I think I think that like you had said something like maybe it was you watched Critical Role or something, and then I knew well if you like that, you must yeah. like role playing. So I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, if you ever want to play a you know role playing, and I was just getting into dungeon mastering at that time, so that was like oh. brand new. Because I'd always been a long time player, but I'd never dungeon mastered. But those last few four years now, five years now, I've been mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to be the dungeon master so I can yeah. get more groups together. I didn't and that's know that. been cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the whole emphasis of just trying to bring people together. Mm -hmm. And that's like the, the success story of a dungeon master when you can yeah. bring a group of players together and they go on to do other stuff too. Like they're, yeah. they're still playing things. They're still yeah. hanging out. They're going to weddings together. Yeah. They're meeting up at Gen Con. That's yeah. all the cool stuff. So I love yeah. it. <laughs> and then at Gen Con, we, we hung out a little bit. Yeah. Or you, well, we went to the creator meetup, which mm -hmm. was like a out to the bar sort of thing. And then I met Jordan and I met some other people there. And, uh, and then we, you ended up leaving and, and then we, hung out later and Jordan was there and and then I bought Jordan uh Teens in Space which he still hasn't run for me. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's yeah, it's so weird how everyone comes together in this community. It's so awesome too because I really have not met I uh, maybe I've met one person that I'm like, you know what? I don't need to hang out with that person, <laughs> but yeah. everyone in general is just so nice and so interested. So. Yeah. I feel like that's the, the community right now is very outgoing and you can meet a lot of cool. I mean, you, you can pass by someone and you go, okay, you know, I don't, maybe I don't want to play anymore with that mm -hmm. person, but it's so rare. It seems yeah. to me now yeah. and it doesn't seem to be as hard as it, I feel like it used to be. But for those of you that are out there saying, I don't know what these two are talking about. I can't <laughs> find a group to play in to save my life. Mm -hmm. I get it. I understand. I know yeah. the struggle. Mm -hmm. um, um, what what helped me because when I looked around four years ago and I couldn't find anybody that wanted to play any of the games once I said I'm gonna run a game and I started looking for people to play in it that kind of got everything going and it got me into the community and then I started meeting more people in the Kalamazoo area or mm -hmm. I started meeting more people in Michigan or I started meeting people that were at Gen Cons or conventions and stuff mm -hmm. and I, and I saw them not only at Gen Con but then I went to like PAX Unplugged and they were there at PAX Unplugged or something you know so yeah it's you could really start to get into it if you just take that leap so if you can't mm -hmm. find a group to join mm -hmm. be the person that creates that group be the dungeon yeah. master that gets starts getting things together so it's and super cool dungeon mastering is not as difficult as people think it is you don't have to be the one who has like pages and pages of notes when i run my uh homebrew game which i haven't done in a while but when i run it it's with a lot of people who don't know. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to run you through a dungeon that I mm -hmm. made like an hour ago. And then I'm going to throw a dragon at you at some point and give you the full experience. They met a mimic. They met like all these different creatures. And it's 
you don't have to go into too much detail. And there's so many modules out there that you could just like, hey, well, this says this, this says that. And it's just do it. Just get out there yeah. and do it. And don't be afraid of looking silly. That's a big thing for me. People who don't like go for it, just mm -hmm. do it. Do the weird voices if you want. Don't if you don't. And just have fun because everyone's there to have fun. I like what Death Angel has said here too, is that it's very true. Once you decide you're going to DM, players start to come out of the woodworks. They're just like, what? Somebody, somebody's going to run a game. I'm what? in. <laughs> they come from all over. <laughs> I was at, I, I was wearing uh, this shirt. Uh, can we please play D and D now? Which with the strangest <laughs> thing. Awesome. I was on my way to LB's game last month so mm -hmm. last whatever saturday we played like three mm -hmm. or four saturdays ago i stopped to get gas and snacks to bring to the shame and the the counter guy said hey i really like your shirt i'm always trying to find a group and i'm like hey just go to my channel if i'm running you know one shots i'll let you mm -hmm. in the group so it was somebody who is a random store counter clerk yeah. who's like i like dungeons and dragons well hey come yeah. play <laughs> you know? so just gotta say cool. something yeah gotta say something but the first when i was in when i got to college I really wanted to play D&D. I had that itch and I saw someone sitting outside of my history class drawing a map. And I was like, hey, what's that for? He's like, D&D. I'm like, do you DM? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I found my college group. So, yeah. so. just got to go for it. Yep, definitely. So we know a little bit more about LB. So maybe we'll jump back into what we have done in our previous week of Dungeons and Dragons, whether it's been playing or DMing. Mm -hmm. um, I, LB has a lot of cool stuff in there. So I'm gonna let her take it away and I'll, I'll bring the show around towards the end here. But tell us a little bit about what is the typical LB week of role-playing games? Okay, <laughs> so I, Every other week I play in five games. Wow. Um, and uh, two of those shows are, are bi-weekly. So every other week I play mm -hmm. three. So every week I play Mondays and Tuesdays on the Indoor Adventuring channel. Indoor Adventurers, we've rebranded. Uh, <laughs> and Mondays we play a homebrew game where I play uh, Gwen. She is a halfling barbarian uh, fighter now. Um, and we are running through a world of indoors making, which is really cool, really in depth. And it's really nice because I get to play the dumb character that is all like uh, emotion and doesn't give a crap about anyone. And uh, I mean, doesn't care about, you know, other people, <laughs> just her friends. <laughs> um, her story is that she lived in a halfling society that was a lot like Hobbiton. Uh, because I'm super original. And uh, one day this uh, tribe of Goliaths came in and like took it over for two weeks. And all of the halflings were just like, all right, that's fine. That's cool. You know, take what you want. Well, do you want me to rub your feet? Like they just rolled over. And Gwen was like, no, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't, I can't deal with that. I don't want to be the one getting stepped on. I want to go step on people. So she hid away in the Goliath's bags and basically fought her way into getting a spot and now she is spoilers she's the tribe leader uh because all of my characters have a mind of their own absolutely because i went into the episode going you're not going to challenge this guy you know don't fight him that doesn't make any sense and then as soon as the guy started talking my character's like no fuck you let's let's fight let's do this so um yeah so last week was a very tense moment because at the end, one of the characters died, oh. failed his saving rules and died, died. 
Um, I don't think he's gone forever, mm-hmm. but my but Gwen does not process death with her friends because everyone's died and they're fine. <laughs> so I don't know how she's, I, I'm not excited to get in that mind space of, you know, being upset. And one of the hags, we were fighting hags, one of them got away. Mm-hmm. So Gwen's probably just going to go after them. Nice recurring <laughs> villain. So this yes. is a 5e set. So mm-hmm. what level-ish are you guys at about now? We are at level eight. Uh, so resurrection's to... possible. Oh, yeah. You know, bring in ca- reincarnation stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for it's a cleric that died. Oh, well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully their their church will help them. Yeah, <laughs> their temple. Yes. Oh, boy. It's going to be something. I know, <laughs> I know that they have something in the woodwork. And as Gwen, I don't have to worry about it because I don't. I can do magic now, but mm-hmm. only like I have bracers that let me thunder step and that sort of thing. So nice. Uh, yeah. So that's our Monday night. And game. that's a homebrew, right? That's, that's a homebrew, indoors yeah. homebrew. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's a whole world of his making and the, all the gods are different too, which is really mm-hmm. cool. He plays the, cause the, one of the characters is a Shadar Kai and he plays the Raven queen and mm-hmm. she is the spookiest mofo. Like, yeah. all cracked and deformed and oh my gosh love like, raven queen though oh my, gosh. <laughs> my like, favorite I, <laughs> i've dealt with her before with other campaigns and it's like very stoic and mm-hmm. you know she's mm-hmm. very pulled together this one's like the creepy like uh anyways i can't talk about her <laughs> um but yeah tuesday nights is uh we're playing curse of strad okay we're getting up there we're by the end of the year we'll be done but mm-hmm. um we just got to the a- amber temple which I hear is a big deal. Uh, again, I haven't played it before, um, but we have, um, I play uh, Silmi, who is a wizard, um, a half-elf wizard, and uh, Indoor plays my brother. It's run by Danae Keener of DanaeKeener.com, mm-hmm. and uh, RJ's in it as well. Uh, and our, uh, Indoor and I play brother and sister, which is really interesting because he looks a lot like my brother does, mm-hmm. and he's super tall like my brother. And <laughs> he is very tall. <laughs> <laughs> we have, and he has sisters too, so we have this dynamic between us where we will bicker, mm-hmm. and it's so easy for us to just like <laughs> snip at each other. And I have this thing with Sylvie where she she's very intelligent, and she you know she has uh, her it's a whole thing with her fiance is her familiar which is a uh tiefling um who's actually a devil um (laughs) so there's this whole thing and but she lost her memory and uh so she doesn't remember Somi anymore Mm -hmm. and it's breaking Somi's heart but she also understands that there's so much more we have to deal with right now then Mm -hmm. that's something that we can she can always you know they can always fall in love again so (laughs) But with Indoor and I, I, I have this thing with Silmi where I uh, pretend like I don't know something. Silmi pretends like she doesn't know something. So we there was an episode where there was a bottle that Silmi opened and then two people got sucked inside of it and they had to like work out their problems with each other. And then they, then, then they can come out. And this week, uh, Silmi said like, yeah, remember we don't touch anything when we're in there. Remember when... We were in that and uh, Kefris opened that bottle and they got sucked in. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you did that. So it was like, no, that wasn't me. I don't know. That wasn't me at all. So, no. <laughs> and then we just start bickering. So that, yeah, that's Tuesday night. Um, so of those the- two campaigns, 
how do you feel the dungeon mastering feel is? So what, what's the difference between the way Indoor kind of runs a game and, uh, um, I forget the name. Danae. Danae, that's right. Yeah, Danae runs the other game. Um, I, they're very similar. Danae is yeah. a very relaxed uh, mm-hmm. DM, just in the sense that she, if you want to do something, she's like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Or if, if I want to try something like, uh, there's werewolves in um, Barovia, spoiler. Um, and <laughs> uh, I have removed curse. Well, it's really shitty for me to just go up and say, you're not a werewolf anymore. You're not a werewolf anymore. And as a player, that feels bad. So to me, like I'm sure that some people would find it like, oh yeah, easy cure. But I wanted to make it more interesting and make it mm-hmm. like a process. So like curing that, curing you know curses, you have to have components or you have to have a specific way to do it. So we decided that you have to use the blood of the werewolf that bit them mm. to do it. And the next episode, like it, we decided this. And then the next episode, one of the characters got bit. So I was like, all right, cool. We just have to find the one who, who bit him and then we can cure him. And then she killed off that guy. <laughs> Strahd killed him. <laughs> and I was like, what? No. <laughs> Which is good because the character wanted to be a werewolf the whole time. So mm-hmm, it, like mm-hmm. the, the player did. So. I want to be a werewolf uh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. So Danae is all about making things interesting and making things uh, look and sound cool, or like, uh, but making sure that it sits within things. She, she, she will put her foot down if she has to, but mm-hmm. we're not the kind of players that like to overstep our bounds in that way. Um, and indoor is he knows everything about everything. Like he is on his game when it comes <laughs> to stuff. And he's really good about creating um, NPCs that are so memorable to us. Mm-hmm. We had in, I want to say it was one episode. It might've been two episodes, like episode four and five or something of our campaign. There was this character named Sten Fizeno. He is a gnome. He's an arborist. He's an award-winning arborist, and he's annoying AF. Gwen hates him. <laughs> so, but every once in a while, he'll, his name will pop up. Like somebody will say something, and we're like, "Look at Sten Fizeno, the award-winning arborist." And it's a, it's become a, um, it's become a recurring thing in our Discord chat where somebody will say something, and then I have this picture that Danae drew because she's an artist mm-hmm. uh, of Gwen flipping off a gnome and says fuck gnomes <laughs> and so i just post that because that's sten Fizeno in that picture mm-hmm. but uh yeah so he's really good at npcs he's really good at building the story and we do a lot of theater of the mind stuff which is great and but it's, sometimes it's hard to keep track of things and he's mm-hmm. very good if we're starting to get confused about where people are where things are going he'll like kind of like stop and set the scene and like all right there's we had a huge thing, I think, with red caps, where there was like three red caps, four other things, and two other, and we just could not keep them straight. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just, I'm gonna attack one of them. I don't care which one. It is. I'm just gonna yeah. attack the biggest one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's so those good. are, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So that's your your Sunday, your Monday. It's my Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday. 
Cool. Now, what um, about games? I see something on there. You said about Cypher System. Tell us about that. Yeah. So that's on Pro Restarter's channel. Mm. Um, Pro runs a lot of games. I don't know if you've watched him, but mm-hmm. he he's very good. He's so he's one of those DMs that like is spooky, and he's like every time he does something, you're like, please, please stop. <laughs> but it's so good. This drama, the drama. Um, but we run a game in the cipher system called, um, it's an Afrofuturism, it's phase. It's called phase because mm-hmm. I always get the cipher system and phase confused. Um, and that game I play, so you have your class is kind of your, um, it's a description of like mm-hmm. the way you are. So I play a mad character and she is straight up crazy. Uh, she's super spooky. She is. Um, in this, and I don't know if this is uh, for all Cypher games, but uh, the world has been uh, melded. So, like, we have um, the map of the United, or the, the map of the world, and then there's just this like piece of Earth that has just been like phased into existence mm-hmm. in the middle of it. So, uh, there are pretty much any as far as races go you could be anything from like a centaur to a to a girafrican to a human to whatever so uh i chose a medusa and i chose a um uh albino medusa Mm -hmm. so her snakes on her head are all white and they have uh like those pink eyes Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they they hide in her hood all the time um and she loves them very much. Uh, sometimes <laughs> she buys hats for them. Uh, she has completely black eyes. And actually, I, I found a picture of the, I'm not going to remember what they're called, but they are South African rappers. Uh, the the girl is their brother and sister, and I cannot recall what their group name is. But I found a picture of her, and she's in all white and has like black scalero lenses on, and her eyelashes are even white. And I'm like, that's spooky, and it's creepy, <laughs> and I want it. So uh, Ophi is her name. Um, Ophis, Ophi, it's the the Greek word for snake. Okay. What her full name is, and mm-hmm. I can I don't use it. So, <laughs> but uh, she refers to herself as we because she has a yes, uh, Diatwood Artwood. Thank you, thank you, GB. <laughs> um, and uh, she has a best friend that she um, sees in mirrors. So he's like that. You know, in all those horror traits, like horror films, there's like that you're looking in the mirror and there's something that kind of just shifts away. Mm-hmm. That's her best friend. And his name is Hesh. Mm. And uh, she loves him and will do anything for him. Uh, we found out a lot about Hesh and that he is actually real and not part of her imagination. Um, my traits. So you have your 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 trait which is mad and then and this is not what they're called in officially in the game but then you have your like sub class or whatever it is mm-hmm. um and uh ofi's is consorts with dead mm-hmm. so ofi can bring people back to life as zombies or she can talk to them or um the last one i picked up was this, my last tier was uh that she can like talk to the spirits that are around um so she can like go into a room and ask, Hey, you know, what's, what happened here? What's the vibe? What's the feel? Um, not that she talks like that, but, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) she is again, very spooky and very crazy. So when she speaks, 
she doesn't speak things um, straightforward. She always has a, a roundabout way of saying things. And sometimes it gets confusing, um, which I like. <laughs> I like that sometimes she just sounds crazy. Um, she does collect heads mm. because she can talk to them. Sure. <laughs> um you know i just gotta be as creepy as possible um yeah. she um she's yeah like i said she speaks with she says she calls herself we because it's her and hesh and her her snakes so sometimes she says me um there was a point where she started going unmad she started going sane again which was really weird for me to play as her cool. in her voice. <laughs> yeah, cipher system is really cool because you there's a lot of different things you can do with the cipher system. It's like mm-hmm. the underpinning of Numenera, the Strange, mm-hmm. um, Predation, all these other cool games. Mm-hmm. And I do like the idea, like when I made um, a Numenera character, they always had, you'd have your name and it'd be like the strong glaive who rides the lightning. So you have two yes. big things there. And strong gave you certain attributes and abilities. And then rides the lightning gave you some other stuff. And then yes. glaive was what you kind of did. But in the cipher, if you change the genre, so if you're going to do a more modern genre, you might say a detective or they might have different little classes that they're using. And if you're using Numenera, you have you know certain classes. If you're using the strange, you have certain classes. Yes. So yeah. very fun. I love Monty Cook games a lot. I love playing those and running those games. So those are all fun. That was the first game I DM'd ever was a Numenera game when I wanted to do the very first one streamed mm-hmm. online was a Numenera. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So we it's, know that mm-hmm. you're also dungeon mastering coming up pretty soon. In fact, we talked just yeah. before the show started next week. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about LB's dungeon mastering prep because all dungeon oh masters have to somehow figure out how they're yeah. going to prep. They've heard the stories of what they think prep is, what they actually do, or mm. what they've heard other people do. Let's hear your version of what's going on. How do you prep your campaign or your story or your adventure? What mm. prep are you doing for next week without spoiling? Because uh, oh, yeah, I'm a player. So, so, <laughs> so when i doing the... Um, the book prep, the module prep, is way different than what I do normally. Um, from the module, I'll read the chapter that we're going to go through or the section that we're going through. Um, and this week, I'm going to start changing things slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gave me a good tip last time when because I have so much trouble with Wizards of the Coast names, the mm-hmm. names that they give their people, that I just I can't remember them correctly. Mm-hmm. And so I have to keep referencing. So uh, I think this week I'm going to start changing the names of the NPCs and yeah, making it easier for me. Yeah. Make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I usually go through first when I'm reading it and how can I like tie this into the characters? How can I make it more uh, realistic for them personally mm-hmm. before I, you know, it, I'll get ideas as I'm going, like you guys ran across a tea Tiefling last time, she worked for a wine master, and one of our characters owns a brewery. So I'm like, you know this person. It makes sense. Like, just tie that in or uh, figure out how characters can, um, these NPCs can mess with the party or uh, cause some sort of feeling, I guess, whether it's turmoil or uh, friendship or you guys fall in love with a character last week i threw in the um 
<laughs> I'm not savvy. Don't worry. Not yet. I haven't got to that one yet. Um, so last, last time I threw in that, uh, the necromancer and in the book, she is a, a lawful evil character. And I played her off more as a, you know, I'm just here. I'm just, I just want to do my research. Please let me live. And I don't really care about this stuff. Yeah. We no. talked about that in our show after, <laughs> after it happened, we talked about the idea of sometimes pe- players will have a preconception of, Oh, it's necromancer must be mm-hmm. evil. There is, mm-hmm. that's just the correlation you make in dungeons and dragons, but yeah. our party, there was a, a majority of the party takes people on their actions at the moment. So a mm-hmm. little bit out of the strain of normal dungeons and dragons, yeah. but the, we had the other player was kind of like just the normal type player you would get yeah. in anywhere. So it was like this struggle of, wait a minute, don't you guys want to stop evil? And there's like, well, she doesn't really seem evil. She kind of evil. She's like evil adjacent in some ways and probably (laughs) could become very evil, but maybe if we control the evil, it won't be Mm -hmm. so bad. And so there was this really funny um, interaction happening between the party and me as sitting back and watching the whole thing. I was like, all right, well, what I was interested in was how was the dungeon master going to handle this? Because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're presented with the party has two differing ideas and you have to kind of say, okay, how do I help them resolve yeah. that? And how do I play the character in such a way that's fun and interesting um, and still roll with whatever ends up happening? So it was yeah. really cool because all of a sudden things just are off the rails because one little thing that you might have done in this adventure and then moved mm-hmm. on turned into a big story tying <laughs> element for our group. Yeah. So. yeah, and I think it's important to, because we were going through a dungeon and every room it's, you know, there's, there's a thing or there's something you have to kill. And I was like, I am bored with this. They're going to get bored with this. So <laughs> let's change it up. Let's give them something a little memorable. Some, and like even the the last, and I, I guess what I'm saying is that the prep that I do has a lot to do with character development, character mm-hmm. creation, that sort of thing. Because that's how I run things. That's how my mind works. So um, having interesting people to deal with and finding out okay well how can i tweak this a little bit so that it's more memorable or more um enjoyable or funny i like doing funny stuff in my games Mm -hmm. uh, as long as it doesn't derail too much so (laughs) that's a lot of it and then i take like physically what i do is i take notes bullet points of like this is the thing this is what you have to do with it like these are the points that i want to get across with it Mm -hmm. um i think the hardest part for me is um time how long is it going to take for us to do this that and the other and i think that just comes with practice Mm -hmm. um because it took us two sessions to get through the dungeon Mm -hmm. and um i i didn't know so it just yeah we ran those sessions were about five hours yeah four or five so they were longer sessions like i'm used to like a three hour session because we're we're such stream players at this point that everything's kind of like a three or maybe a four hour but even if Mm -hmm. it's a four you might only get three and a half in with breaks and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're you're prepping for a three and a half hour segment to try mm-hmm. to get stuff done. Whereas the home games have ran longer. So definitely yeah. those are a bigger thing. So that's what I was wondering is how much you're prepping ahead or how far do you think they're going to get or, you know, what, how, I have no so, idea. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, it, I, it's better to over prep than under prep. Sure. And if you, if you do under prep, send them on a stupid mission or something like yeah. make up something on the spot you know it's okay to have fight. a short session it's <laughs> oh yeah it's, that too. if you go through everything you did and everybody did it in two hours just be like hey guys that was awesome that's what i had prepped yeah let's hang out and talk about other cool yeah. stuff but i'll have to prep for next session i'll yeah. try to prep a little more the next time or 
we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. And uh, yeah. players will always be on your side when you when yeah. you're doing that stuff. So you don't yeah. have to worry about it too much. So that's super I think, cool. Yeah, I think that most, uh, at least in our groups, if there's that downtime, mm-hmm. there's uh, that nice moment where you can have characters talk to each other and develop that more. Because yeah. uh, like when we were running through Curse of Strahd, we it, like it was five days or something, and it was twenty episodes in five days mm-hmm. or within that time period. And so we're all like can we just like take a nap like mm-hmm. s- somebody said something about arcane recovery i'm like do you think i ha- i could i have a transmutation stone that i can't make because i don't have eight hours to sit okay <laughs> like i don't know what this arcane recovery is you're talking about because i don't have time for that <laughs> mm-hmm. so very cool so those are your games um anything else yes. I'm ready to talk about my games you got more I do have more. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> that was only three. <laughs> let's, let's put it on there. I, I'll do it quick. On Fridays, I do Ghost of Saltmarsh uh, mm-hmm. with berries every other week. On Dammit Berries channel, I run, I have a um, a Triton uh, mm-hmm. character who is the moral compass, and I love her. Uh, mm-hmm. she, it's very difficult to... We are the moms of the group. Me and, um, and uh, Satan is the other... Uh, girl who's in it and she uh we're we're the moms and we oh you're doing such a good job and that sort of thing and then uh i've played a couple of campaigns with satan quite a bit and she is very fun to play with she has some really cool characters yeah she does yeah gb's in that too and Mm -hmm. uh lazy bones and they're it's just a good group of people um and then every other sunday i do uh i do double duty with uh monster of the week with uh Mm. savvy who is in chat uh she is our uh what is it? It's not game master, story writers, whatever it is. <laughs> she runs the game mm-hmm. uh, on uh, G Game Nights channel with a K. Um, and I play a expert. I play Abby. She is uh, a 18 year old junior in, high, in college at Keeper. She's the Keeper. Um, and Abby <laughs> is uh, very intelligent. Last week we started a, we did some quick play and then we started a new. Um, a new story arc. Uh, my character mm-hmm. uh, has this longtime friend that she's had who kind of got her into the whole uh, hunting monsters thing. And she uh, has had feelings for him. And she just like, they're both super awkward. It's very anime, very like, oh, we touched <laughs> hands. Um, so this week she decided to finally kiss him. And then she ran away because that's how she felt in the moment and then she called her friend and she's like i kissed him blah 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 he's like so and she's like you do i start panicking it was super cute <laughs> so yes that's, those are all my games awesome so lots of playing you, you're dungeon master and a few here mm-hmm. super cool so me i feel i feel i don't know a little inadequate at the moment <laughs> i've got like two things going on at the moment but uh, and one of them was rescheduled for this coming up week. So my Monday night is a Seeking Revenor campaign that I'm doing, which is like a, a big West Marches style game. And we have lots of players in it. But right now we're down to our core group mm-hmm. and we've got a big battle coming up. So I've a couple of people have said, well, I'm not going to be there. Just go ahead and play without me. But on this session, I kind of decided I really wanted everybody there. I didn't feel yeah. like I wanted them to miss the big thing that's going to happen. So we've been putting it off for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this Monday, finally, we're going to get to get to it. It really ties into the big story of what's going on in Seeking mm-hmm. Revenor. And it opens up the world because I've got this big map, but they think it's big. 
when in reality it's just a really small corner that goes to a much bigger map that Lucian made because I love world building and I love yeah. thinking of all these things and I want them to start getting out into the world. It's going to be really cool. So that's a, a 5e game. But I did get to play, again, um, you guys have been hearing it for all of you that show up to the show every week, that I love Tomb of Annihilation. I think it's the best 5e campaign that Wizards put out. Um, we're still in the tomb. We're still having a lot of fun. The party we have has the greatest of dynamics and we have the greatest of characters and we have a mm -hmm. lot of cool stuff. And our dungeon master, Danimal DM is our Australian dungeon master. It's always fun to have an, an Australian dungeon master. Yeah. And it's been really good. What I like about it is though we feel like we're getting towards the end and some of us have, we're already thinking about what do we want to do past this, right? We're like, how well, we got to survive this. If we survive it, we get out of here. What is our characters going to do next? Because they're really starting to grow on us. We've taken them from basically, I think we've really started at second level, maybe third level. Mm -hmm. And then, Babies. yeah, just moved right up. And we're into ninth level, almost getting closer to 10th and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they really grow on you the longer yeah. they, you play. So I really yeah. like that. But for my prep, kind of bringing it back around to the prep. Now, me... The one thing that you guys all do really well, and I think uh, Indoor does it, and a lot of even Pro and um, like all the people I'm watching you play with, a lot of the good DMs out there that are streaming, they always do really good with their NPCs. And I know it's a weak point for me as a Dungeon Master mm -hmm. to have that compelling NPCs. So that's always something I'm trying to work on. But my prep ends up being, I think about what our session's going to be. And I'm doing a lot of stuff on Roll20. So yeah. I'm setting up, my prep ends up being a little bit of the story points, but a lot of get the map ready, get the yeah. tokens ready, get the lighting ready. Mm -hmm. um, think about how the uh, encounters are going to go because I play a very tactical game. Yes, I yeah. love the idea of the fights. I love the idea of the abilities that are firing off and the players mm -hmm. getting to do those things. And so I like to dive into that. And those are my prep always ends up. I know how long a fight can take. Yeah. I know how big something should be. And I'm really struggling with what CR rating should these things be or not be. Yeah. Um, so those are the kinds of things I'm doing. Now, if it's campaign prep, West March's campaign prep has a lot to do with building tables that you roll on so that when players go to those, you roll to see what's going to happen in them. So a lot wow. of times I might have done prep where I'm building um, random tables to, to just deal with them moving around yeah. or overall campaign and story building where I'm trying to figure out what's, what's going on in this world. That's interesting mm -hmm. because there's gotta be, I, I learned from kind of listening to Matt Coville and listening to Adam Coble, which are my heroes for dungeon masters. There's gotta be conflict so that the players yeah. have something to resolve. You know, that's the whole yes. point of the thing. Yeah. And I want a world that reacts to what they've done. And I want mm -hmm. it to be consequences for actions in such a way that there's no right answer. You either do this or this, and the world reacts to one of those. And both yeah. are good choices, but you can only do one. You can yeah. only be in one place at one time. So mm -hmm. I'd like to, to try to do that. Or I like to try to flip um, stereotypes on their head as far as like you meet an orc tribe. And the, and the first thing that a player might do to Dungeons and Dragons games is think, oh, orcs, we're going to have to fight orcs. Yeah. But I like this idea that maybe you don't fight the orcs. Maybe they're, they're a good tribe and they're good yeah. people. Yeah. But it's these other things. The elves are maybe the more evil group. Or, in fact, in my campaign, the evil person's a druid. You know, who thinks the druid's evil? Well, this druid is very evil. He doesn't like anybody. <laughs> so it's just, I like to flip those things around. Darklings were good people in, in my campaign. And we were trying to do a little bit of a flip there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just, and present to them 
conundrums that they have to figure out how does my yeah. character react to these things then trying to bring in backstory that's the one hard part that i i love to do it when you can get a good backstory thread yes. into your campaign session mm -hmm. um one little tidbit like your long lost brother shows up or that mm -hmm. recurring villain that you guys had totally forgot about from session one is already back on session number 22 and what how did that happen and what is going on those yeah. type of moments are the best but they are hard to do because if you have four five or six characters like on our sunday game with you We've yeah. got a lot of characters. So how are you going to be able to tie in little tidbits of everybody's background yeah. when there's so many players and it takes so much time? So that's a that's a big thing to try to do. But if you could pull it off dungeon masters and game masters out there, mm -hmm. it really becomes memorable for yes. your for your players. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what I'm doing. I prep basically for the session. Mm -hmm. I prep I probably now my prep is probably right now about two hours mostly because i'm making maps and tokens and doing yeah. lighting yeah what about you for how much time have you spent to prep for next saturday's game um i usually try to break it up um mm -hmm. because i, I want to make sure that i can go back and remember it and i'm trying to reference the book less now that we're not in a dungeon i don't need to read <laughs> what happens in every room and mm -hmm. um because i didn't build it so it, it's uh I've, I've gone back a couple times and I think when I sit down and like write it out, it'll probably be like an hour or so. Okay. More so you spent about an hour. Yeah. That's not bad. No, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that brings us right to the end of our show. And just like Jordan yeah. always tells me, we can't go too long. He likes to end it right on the dot. So one on I want to say thank you to everybody who has shown up and came over from the YouTube channel, all the fans of LB that showed up to, to watch us do a show. I want to say thank you to LB for being here and sharing her dungeon mastering experience and her player experience with us. And she'll be on a lot of our shows. You'll see her on my channel. You'll see her on Indoors channel, your mm -hmm. pros channel. Uh, just all the people all we all place. we all play and, and work together so yeah. it's, it's great jordan's channel you know yeah. we've got some good stuff coming up in 2020 where i'm sure we're gonna see some things because i jordan's been talking about running us through a game i think he was talking about running us through either a dcc game or he was talking about running us through the teens from space game mm -hmm. or something like that i know we'll have gb and mm -hmm. and uh rb all, all the bees all the yeah. bees get to come on the show <laughs> and have a great time so that's what we have for today thank you for showing up once again and we will see you next week on the saturday morning DD show thanks bye, bye. <laughs>our intro and outro music is 8-bit march by twin musicom licensed under creative commons check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org